evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to your latest instalment of the Jersey Night Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast made for fans, by fans, and as always, all of our content is free. You can get us over at the forum on jerseynet.co.uk and on Twitter at jerseynetonline um, tonight as well. We're absolutely delighted um, that you're joining us here tonight where we're going to discuss all things Rangers. Just before um, we get into things, need to bring a message from our sponsors, Forest Precision Engineering. They are a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company and they've been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for many years. And we're absolutely delighted they're backing a podcast. You can get them over at forestprecisioneng.com and you can also visit the Forest Precision Executive Lounge, a stunning new hospitality area within the historic main stand. For information on how to book this unique and intimate space, you can email the club via hospitality at rangers.co.uk. So here to discuss um, all things Rangers yesterday was quite a good day, all things considered. Went into the Ibrox with a wee um, spring in our step as we go into this podcast tonight with a spring in our step as well. Um, so I'll first introduce my guest first up, Mr Ian Duff. Ian, good to see you, mate. I can see you. And Gary, Gary Valentine, how you doing? I'm not bad, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad. Kind of complain after yesterday. So, aye. Good day all round. Yeah, successful yeah. weekend. That's all that matters. Um, Ian, I'll, I'll start with you then. I mean, you know, obviously we got the news about Celtic's uh, drop points at Pataudry yesterday that weirdly I had a sneaky suspicion that something was going to happen. I know 99% of Rangers fans probably thought otherwise, um, given their record against Celtic. Um, but, you know, it was it, it was a bonus. Um, you know, going into a game against Livy, um, you know, on paper should be relatively straightforward and easy enough. And I suppose it was at the end of the day. But sometimes there's a wee bit of nervousness going into a game like that in the sense that they've just dropped points we haven't really capitalised before. I think back to, I think they drew with Hibs at Easter Road and we went and drew with, with Aberdeen up at Pataudry ourselves. So, um, and also we made quite a lot of changes as well, um, which, you know, I'm never a fan of, but at the end of the day, um, the manager's been doing amazingly. So who am I to question him on anything, to be quite honest? But um, it turned into be a, a routine one in the end, didn't it? Yeah, it was pretty comfortable in the end, wasn't it? I mean, the, the only, I suppose, disappointing thing is we didn't get more goals and, you know, that that would have been quite nice. But, you know, 3-0, they're taking that before the game, I think, probably has been quite happy with that. And, and, and you know, it's easy to say, oh, it's, it's Livingston and, you know, we should be just steamrolling them. But the, the way they play, and you know, we've seen it for the last two or three seasons they, they know what they're doing the, you know the, their manager sets them up in a way that makes it really difficult to play against and you know usually at their own ground but you know even in, even at Ibrox they, you know, they're difficult to play against you've got to break them down and you know last season earlier this season I could have easily seen us struggling in that game you know maybe they got a goal and then wouldn't have been able to break them down to get the second goal and then they get away, get their breakaway, and score a you know a late equaliser, and and we're, we're goosed basically. So uh, I think you know all in, you can't kind of really complain. It was uh, pretty routine, like you say, and probably expected. But in the context of them drawing points, we're now only well one win, one three 0 win away from going top of the league. I think so. You know that's uh, you know can't can't complain. A good good day's work. No, absolutely. And, and Gary, let, let's be honest, when the manager came in, um, well, October time, if he said to, to Rangers fans that here the 4th of February would be 
a three goal win at home to Ross County away for being top of the league, won the League Cup in the last in, uh, 16 in the Europa League, um, finishing top of the group. You'd be called a mentalist for it, to be quite honest. So for me, it's just another, you know, another spring in the step of the club and, and just showing how good that this manager's been for us, really. Yeah, I think that's the difference. I've actually got a decent manager now. Um, in, the past, in the past, we've had uh, maybe too many false dawns with things like maybe blind hope. But um, yeah, as I said, yesterday a, a routine win, which is something we've not really done um, in previous years. And all we can do is keep winning games and, and hope Celtic slip up like they did yesterday. No, definitely. Ian, um, one thing that pleased me, um, and we'll, we'll come on to talk about the January business a wee bit later on, um, you know, but I think it's quite evident that if we're going to go on and win this league, we need to have people from all areas of the pitch contributing. Um, guys like Matondo haven't done it. He got his goal yesterday. Even Cantwell, he's not really done a lot of it so much this season in terms of scoring goals. He got another goal yesterday and Fabio Silva's off the mark as well. So, for me, that was probably the most pleasing aspect is now it seems we're, we're actually getting those players out wide and in the midfield and obviously our new striker um, getting goals and, and starting to contribute numbers as well. Uh, you want goals from all over the pitch, really, don't you? But I mean, uh, you know, and I th- obviously you know, a lot of the focus has been on our, our strikers and how how bad they've been, let's face it, this season so far. They've not exactly set the, the well, certainly a, a couple of them anyway, haven't exactly set the uh, the header alike. So, it's good to see a, a striker getting a goal, but, you know, if they if they are struggling, then you need to get goals from elsewhere on the pitch, don't you? So, you've got the uh, contributions from uh, midfield and from, from out wide. Um, I, I think Matondo's, you know, he's still, I think he's still got potential there as a, a Rangers player. I think he's I think he, a lot of people were sort of hoping he was going to leave in the, the, in the transfer window, but I, I was quite happy that he, he stayed. And, uh, you know, he might not start every game and he might not necessarily uh, play 90 minutes every week, but I think he's I think he's got enough, uh, a little bit of trickery and, uh, you know, he's quite direct. So, you know, I, th- I think I think it's it's good to see him get goal, uh, get a goal because that will probably help his confidence as well. Um, and we can't well as well, you know, He's the player that can produce that kind of thing. It was a, a really good finish from him, and you know he's capable of that. He, I think his only sort of uh, downfall, if you like, is it just he doesn't do it more uh, consistently enough. You know that's that's what we need more more from him, and, and he needs to contribute more uh, over the ninety minutes. But you know if you can produce a a goal like that every couple of games or every two or three games, then, you know, brilliant. You know, let, let's uh, let's see. And it's, it's good to see. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Gary, we mentioned there Fabio Silva, who obviously um, opened the scoring, opened his, his Rangers account yesterday. Um, I think he's looked pretty good, to be honest, in the, the sort of flashes that he's, he's made. I know people are saying that he's no like an out-and-out number nine, but to be quite honest, do you really get many of him in football anymore, to be quite honest? Um, maybe Haaland's like the only one that I can think you know um, I mean I suppose there is a guy at Hearts but we'll come on to that later on I'm sure um, but I think he's looked decent enough in his spells you know he, um, he had a decent chance that he struggled a couple of weeks ago and when he came off for Dessers, um you seen the manager kind of hugging him and in a way consoling him because he seemed a wee bit upset that he was getting taken off because I think he, was, he had a feeling that he was going to score so good for him to get off the mark yesterday um, so 
what do you make of that and, and what do you make of his contribution overall and, and how important can it be going forward for us? Well, the strikers always are judged by their goals, aren't they? So it's, the longer it goes, then it starts to become a, a bit of a thing. But, um, it's good to see him getting his goal. But as you say, he's, he's got a lot more of his game. There's a chance he had, uh, I can't remember if it was after he scored, and he cut inside and like, tried to curl it outside his boot. Um, the, the guys obviously looked down, like, and uh, but his hold up plays really, really good. There was a couple of times when he had his back to home, was able to, uh, like he fell down, but he still managed to keep the ball at his feet and got back up. And I think he laid off the lunchroom or something like that. But yeah, he's a uh, really, really good player and it gives us something different as well. No, definitely. Ian, what's your thoughts on, on Sylvan? You know, how, how important do you think he can be going forward, mate? Yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a, a level above. Uh, most of what we've already got, to be perfectly honest, um, you know, I think I think he looks like a player. You know, that there's no doubt about that. You know, it'll all come down to who his attitude is, I suppose, in some ways. And if he's if he's up for it and he wants to play, you know, he's on loan, so I suppose you know he's got something to prove. And, and you know, that that's a I always think a, a positive. Um, yeah, I mean he's he's a he's a decent player. He looks like a good player. He looks like somebody who who once he's settled in, he'll he'll contribute both goals and uh, assists for the for, for the team. So you know, yeah, I think he's I think he's a, a you know a, a good acquisition. Mm-hmm. And Gary, one thing that it does do anyways, it gives the manager a bit of a headache going into Tuesday. I mean, I'll say off the back, I think Dessos will probably start against Aberdeen, but. You know, if you're Fabio Silva, you've just scored a goal there, and your first goal for Rangers, you've played pretty well. You know, Dessers is back to his old tricks. We <laughs> miss on Saturday. Um, and everybody around me just laughed, actually, when they done it. But, like, can you imagine if it was, like, not in each and they done that, with, like, five minutes ago, the place would have been absolutely mental. Um, but, you know, it, it puts a manager in a tough position, and that's what you want. But, do you know what I mean? You want to have two quality players for each position. Um, and hopefully now we've, you know, we've seen enough that he can he can contribute for the rest of the season. Yeah, well, that's, that's what you're wanting. Eh? You're, you're wanting to be able to hear about a big squad, and uh, it's not just up front. We've got that as well. Can he's, he's able to rotate? And it's the players that are coming in are, are kind of a similar standard. And like you're saying about Dessers, um, he's um, can he something slightly different for to what Silver brings us as well. So you can uh, change the lineup depending on who we're playing with the kind of tactic is, so it's a good option to have and it seems everybody's kind of got a wee bit of confidence in them as well so we can make those changes I think it was six yesterday that they made and it doesn't really affect their performance which is good Yeah, that, that was another pleasing aspect obviously the, the squad rotation making all the changes and we're, we're able to still put in a, a professional in terms of the performance um, Ian, something that um, was a bit weird yesterday we've seen Levy fans in uh, the club deck and I say we've seen them at I actually sat um, in the governor CrossFit and I couldn't see one Lovey fan. Um, but I seen a wee picture of him um, earlier on in Twitter and seemed pretty pretty decent enough. There was probably, I don't know, about 40 or so. Um, and, you know, we managed to sell tickets to Rangers fans um, in that wee corner and, and basically get a wee income boost from it. Um, it's something quite interesting, but, you know, I, I think it was quite decent, to be, to be honest. I mean, for me, you know, if it if it gives Rangers fans an opportunity to purchase tickets and it's a game against a team that, let's be honest, only going to sell at their allocation and um, I can't see any fist fights happening between Rangers and Murray fans anytime soon. So, 
Um, what, what's your overall take on on that um, situation for yesterday? I think it's one of these situations where you know it's horses for courses, isn't it? So I mean, they, what, mm-hmm. I think thirty four was what I heard that they had they brought with them uh, thirty four fans, which is you know insane, really, when you think about it. You know, you get more than that coming from you know some far flung corner of Eastern Europe or something. You know, for a, a European game, you know, the, it's just mad but I mean you know it, it is ridiculous that they would be allocated that whole corner and uh, you know when you sit and you, you, you look over there and you see that you know there's like two rows of seats filled in that corner and you think of how the, the levels of demand that there are from Rangers fans for tickets for there so if you know I, I used to sit at the very back of the club deck it's a decent enough view it was bloody knackered getting up those stairs but <laughs> apart from that it was uh it was it was fine, so uh, you know they should be happy enough, and you know I, I, I can't see any negative to it at all. To be honest, I mean, if you know for for bigger games or uh, games against bigger teams who are going to have a travelling support, then fair enough. You know, you, you can switch around. Then then if that works, then if everyone's happy with that, then I'm I'm, I'm you know perfectly happy with that as well. And it does help with the atmosphere a bit, I suppose, as well. But you're never going to get an atmosphere. Against somebody like Livingston or mm-hmm. uh, whoever, Inverness, Cali Thistle, or whoever we might be playing against. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. I it was it was something interesting, and, and also they got a free voucher for the chaos. So lucky them, they managed to see their team get beat three 0 They get a steel pie and a water of doom coke as well. So yeah. just add insult to injury. I I pretty much is like you've done all that walking up the stairs. You're thinking you're going to get a refreshing drink. You're just like ah. <laughs> Gary, um, onto the um, the transfer window then, um, sort of finishing up the game yesterday. It, it's probably been the big talking point of the week, you know, will we won't we sign a striker, will we won't we sign a certain one for hearts. Like, I, I kind of said it off the back the last few weeks, is that I genuinely just don't think Rangers wanted him, or at least this window. Hearts came out and confirmed that no bids were being made, and to be honest, I found their behaviour the last couple of weeks quite bizarre, to be honest. Um, first of all, like, okay, they've offered Chantland a new contract with 18 months to go, but then it's a bit weird that you're offering your prized asset a contract with 18 months to go, just at the point where it's announced that there's going to be, how do you think there's going to be interest in them? Um, then obviously rejected it. It was a bit weird them coming out and saying they rejected it, and then a week later saying we've offered them a new one. And then we're going to give him a deadline, 24 hours before deadline day to sign it. It kind of seemed as if Alex were basically trying to, you know, basically beg clubs to come in for him. Because, let's be honest, they're not going to get the money that they want for him um, in the summer, unless he does sign a new deal, which I can't see happening anyway. Um, and I know they've, they've used the argument that, oh, you know, um, we, we need him to finish third, which is fair enough, but I think, no. Oh, they're 12 points clear in third place and I really can't see anybody catching them. So, I mean, for me personally, I would have liked him. I thought he would have been a good signing, but, you know, it just seems that the club weren't interested and we've kind of just got to, to deal with it. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. I think um, we're kind of trying to manoeuvre us into making a bid. Um, they all like, offer them a deal and things like that. But at the end of the day, if, the, the problem you've got in Scotland is that some of these players are, are valued at, at prices which you could probably get a better quality player elsewhere. Um, thankfully, we're starting to, to kind of show up in these markets now. Um, 
well, that Diamonde and uh, Cotes, they're meant to be pretty decent players. And if they were similar ability in Scottish, they'd probably be double what we we're going to end up paying for them. But um, I, I saw, so I, I, I was the really bothered about signing Shankland to be honest I, I didn't think he would fit into your, your kind of system he could score goals but um, I think the, same with it, if it was £5 million I think it was rumoured that certainly could get better value elsewhere mm-hmm. Ian the thing that kind of confuses me really a lot of well I'll just say Hearts fans to be honest because that is the same that's been saying it uh, it's like the whole argument oh we should pay £5 million quid for Shankland because we paid £4 million for Dessers and you know if you can afford to basically spend that amount of money on a player who everybody seems to think is rubbish then you can, afford, you can afford to spend £5 million quid on a quality player like Shankland the thing is but when we went out and signed Dessers in the summer we didn't expect him to be a dud you know what I mean like we've, we've obviously put in research into him and to, to be fair like the guy also had a pretty decent record and and managed to help final get to the Conference League final as well. So if you're looking at that and comparing to what Shankland's done, there's a reason that we're going out into a market and paying money for somebody like Dessers, and we probably wouldn't do that for somebody like Shankland. I mean, I think, you know, Dessers has not exactly turned out to be the signing we all hope for, but he's still a decent enough quality player yeah. uh, to merit the, the, you know, the kind of price, maybe not the, the price we paid for him, but, you know, he may well turn into that player. But like you say, he's he's played at a, a level that is a higher level than Shankland's ever played at. I mean, I know he's played for Scotland and, and uh, qualifiers, etc. I, I don't really know what his, his record's like uh, there. But, I mean, to me, the very fact that we spent £4 million on Dessers and he didn't turn out to be great does not justify his then spending £5 million on somebody else. <laughs> If anything, we need to sell Dessers first and then uh, then right. we start thinking about spending £5 million. But the idea that we would spend £5 million on him is just pie in the sky. I mean, there's there's not a chance we would, we would pay that amount of money for a, a player from Hearts. I mean, uh, you know, I would I would like to think anyway. I mean, I, I just don't see where the where that, that value would come from. I mean, he's, he's quite prolific. He's scored quite a lot of goals in the Scottish League and obviously that's what we, what we need. But I, I don't know. I just don't... I, I, I haven't seen enough of him to be honest. I, I know he's, I've seen his stats, but I don't know what he's like as a player. But anytime I've seen him, he's never exactly uh, dazzled me with his, uh, with his uh, hold up play or any of that sort of stuff. And that's you know that's what we need. That's what that's how we play. We don't we don't play with out and out uh, striker up front. So like, you know, I, I I I wasn't really bothered one way or the other if we signed him. You know, if it works, it works. And I remember thinking exactly the same thing when. Uh, when we signed Chris Boyd, I thought I don't really care whether we sign this guy or not. Who is he? You know, he's just he's played for Kilmarnock, and it turned out you know he was a pretty decent signing. So you know, it shows you what I know. But at the same time, you know, if you remember with Chris Boyd, a lot of the time he uh, he got left out of the team when we were playing the, ga- the kind of games that the big games, you know, basically you know the, the European games and uh, I think Celtic as well. He, he quite often was left out, so. Um, sometimes you just need to go. You want a bit more quality, you know, and you know it's not always uh, likely you're going to get it from a, a team in Scotland. Aye, I mean it's about value as well. To be honest, I mean you mentioned Boyd there. I mean he costs four hundred grand. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. So 
like it, it's one of the ones where you're taking a punt on a guy if it works out, it works out great. If it doesn't, then you know you've not really you've not really lost much. Um, Gary, in terms of like maybe this overall point, you know, and we'll park Shanton now. You'll be you'll be delighted to know we're not going to mention his name until the summer at least. So that'll be good. Uh, but like uh, you know, people always seem to have this opinion that you know we overlook players in the Scottish league and stuff like that, which I can't understand the argument. But then again. Like I said there, it's about finding value. We can say, or, you know, we turned our noses up at Lewis Ferguson or even like Kevin Nisbet or whatever. See, at the end of the day, Hibs Aberdeen would have probably been looking for similar price tags, four or five million quid. And to be quite honest, unless they are like a proper, proper good player, you know, doing incredible things, there's just no way that we're going to spend that amount of money on a guy playing in the Scottish League and these guys never even played in Europe for for their clubs as well, and you know hardly had any sniffs at the national team. I mean, Lewis Ferguson's doing brilliant in Italy, and now he still kind of get picked for Scotland. So, you know, I think you know ideally. I mean, for me, I you know I, I love sort of Rangers squads that have got like a core, you know, Scottish backbone. I think to like the last sort of decent squad we had under Walter ten years ago, you know, it was like McGregor, Davy Weir. Um, Barry Ferguson, Chris Boyd, Kenny Malabar, there was a good core of, of Scottish players there. Um, but it's about finding value, and to be quite honest, if we were going to pay that amount of money for the players, then I, I don't really think that constitutes value for money, to be honest. Nah, I totally agree with you. Uh, Lewis Ferguson's going to be uh, mentioned every time they, they discuss this kind of thing, just because he's a, 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 an obvious example, and because he's doing well in Italy. But the, the thing is, the Rangers need to produce their own players because we'll not pay, as you say, what these teams are wanting. Like if you... I was Scott Brown is like the most expensive player to go between two Scottish players, uh, two Scottish teams. And um, prior to that, I think it was Duncan Ferguson. So that's, mm-hmm. that, that shows you that the uh, Rangers and Celtic are not willing to pay the, the kind of fees that these clubs are, are wanting. And, and I didn't blame them because, as I said previously, I think you can get better value elsewhere. The, like the key is going to be uh, producing their own players, and I just it's it's kind of funny that the, the one player that's actually coming through isn't even Scottish. It's, it's he's Northern Irish, the one that's we're getting the chance to do now. But yeah, certainly like, um, you need to get these players before they make their, their break with their teams, uh, whether it's at youth level or whatever, and then then try and bring them up yourselves. I think that's the best way we'll we'll get value. Mm-hmm. I think well, the right. other thing as well is we these guys. I mean, really, realistically, how many of them? have ever made it to the level that we would we would want them to be when they're playing for Rangers. So you could you know say Lewis Ferguson, right? So he's he's doing okay. That's the exception. You know, look at all the players over the years that we've been linked with that, you know, going going all the way back, you know I can't I can't think of an example, but but you know, there's players that would get quoted and, you know, they end up disappearing down south and they end up playing in the the championship, if they're lucky, maybe League One. Very occasionally, they'll they'll keep, keep you know crop up in a, a you know lower level uh, Premiership team, but very very rarely. They're never you know they're never set in the heather alight. They're never they're never you know these amazing success stories that that are, we're told they're going to be. So you know I don't think we should ever be pressurised into signing players from Scotland because they look good in Scotland because. You know, we want players that are at a higher level than that, and they have to prove it in a different environment as well before we start spending huge amounts of money on them. Like you say, if you're going to spend 
you want to sign one of these guys, get good value for it. Uh, you, know, you can pick up a player for uh, under a million and he turns out to be good, brilliant. But if, if they're quoting you four or five million, then, uh, you know, we just walk away. I mean, if, you know, if they make it, they make it and, you know, so be it, we've missed out. But, you know, there's it's few and far between that arms anyway, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. The glaring questioning about this sort of transfer window is, are we stronger than, you know, when we started? It's, it's a difficult one for me because I think in a way we are, but we're also not because if you look at the injury, you see, man, that, that's obviously been a big blow, but then the manager would probably say, well, that's why we brought in Oscar Cortez because realistically we'd be a sign to him if Seema was still fit, maybe not. Um, but to be fair, if you look at the profile of players we've brought in, they're all young players. Um, all loan signings as well. And I know we've got an obligation to sign Diamande, um, but technically they're all loan signings at the moment. Um, you know, we can obviously sign Cortez and some of as well if he, if he does well. Um, but it's it's a different profile to what we've seen before, which is exciting um, because it's not something that we've, we've really seen before. I'm trying to think. Are there really Rangers? Like, have we ever seen a signing policy where we go out and sign players that are like, age 22 and under I've, I've never seen it in my life anyway um, but I think it's been a pretty decent window obviously we'll see in May you know whether we needed another striker or not um, I was hoping for one but pe- people seem to think as well like you know like it seems to be a competition about who can get the most outraged on Twitter, but things people like throwing in the towel and like, like, oh, if we don't sign a striker, the league's finished. Two days later, Celtic are dropping points at Petodre. Do you know what I mean? So it's like some people's takes on things are, are mental, but that's that's Twitter and that's Rangers fans for you. But um, how, how do you sum up the, the windows of Halloween? Well, a bit like yourself, really, to be honest. It's hard to, to judge. And, you know, you don't know how these players were brought in are going to pan out, whether they're going to be, you know, successful or not. And it's the same way, uh, I suppose, any signing you make, you're never really 100% sure one way or the other how they're going to go. What I would say is that, that you know, the players that we've, we've lost, or the, uh, certainly with Lammers going, I don't think it's going to be any great loss, and I don't think anybody would uh, argue with that. Um, so anything that comes in to replace that, anyone who comes in to replace that is uh, probably an, uh, an improvement. And uh, and Sifuentes uh, on his way out by the looks of things as well is, you know, I, I quite liked him as a player. I thought I, I liked the look of him as a player, but you know, he's just not really uh, done it, uh, to be honest. So uh, again, if... If Diamande is uh, is the player that we, we we're told that he, he potentially is, then you know that is hopefully going to be an improvement as well. So I I don't think we've massively improved the squad. At the same time, I don't you know we haven't lost any of the important players, and you know you know you can look at uh, that from as a positive as well. So I think you know I think the the biggest signing of this season really has been the manager and that's that's you know what's uh, turned our fortunes around really to be honest because like you said earlier you know you would not have seen us uh, anywhere near challenging for the league at this stage uh, if uh, if things had continued the same and I'd, even at that even when we changed I'd, I had no real ambitions that we would do anything this season at all so you know the fact that we're uh, Still up for a quadruple, then is uh, is <laughs> pretty impressive. Aye, you're right now. Um, the, the thing is, really, about 
people screaming about strikers and you know we need to do this and we need to do that like we need to remember like the restrictions that we're operating under obviously the purse strings are going to be tight enough as it is but if you look at the transfer window as a whole to be honest this summer like nobody's really spent any money i mean i'm a i would call myself a football fanatic i like to know as much about the sport as i can but i genuinely could not off the top of my head tell you one transfer that happened in the english premier league that that's how much of sorry how little business was done in january and what you normally find is it's kind of like a trickle down effect where the clubs of england will spend x amount of money on players and then that will go to like your benficas and your ajaxes and then a wee bit will trickle down to like rangers and celtic and blah 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 um but if the big boys at the top are only spending it's it's really going to trickle down and we're also operating in a, a very very difficult market i think it's kind of been acknowledged by everyone in football that the player market that we are looking at, so like a marquee signing for us, you're talking maybe between five and ten million quid. COVID kind of killed that market um, with the lack of deals that was happening. Um, so now what you're finding with transfers is you've either got players going for incredibly inflated values or they're running down their contracts and it's a free transfer. So we're going to need to try and go into these different markets, you know, your Scandinavias and, and whatnot, and try and pick up gems on the cheap. To be fair, Diamandi's not been brought in on the cheap. It's about four and a half billion quid. Um, so you, you are expecting quality for him. But um, that, that's what we're going to need to do to try and break the mould and, and move forward, really. Um, but, Gary, do you, do you think we've got enough going forward in terms of the strike area? Because another thing that I thought is, like, look, we've got four senior strikers. I said earlier, we've got four senior strikers that are earning over 30 grand a week. Obviously, two of them are injured. Um People are saying, oh, if Dessers is injured, then we've, we've not got a lot. You know, Silver scored yesterday, and look, Kamal Ruth, and I might sound crazy for saying this, right? We know we can't rely on him to play every game and whatnot, but for me, with Kamal Ruth, you don't need him to play every game, I think. I think if you can get something, even if you can get maybe another 15 games out of him, whether it's sub-appearances, this, that, the next thing, they'll probably get you half amount of goals as he does in appearances so he can still make an impact once he's eventually back fit the only problem is he'll get injured again but he can still do a job like you see him better so I, I think we'll be okay but let, let's know why it would have been good to get somebody else up there but sometimes these things just aren't possible it could just be a case of the players we wanted weren't available but I, I'd, much rather, I'd much rather we signed somebody we wanted rather than signing somebody for the sake of it or, or, or can we Panicking into buying somebody. Um, we're sitting saying we've no signed a striker. We've signed a, we play with three forwards, signed one that could play right or left, and we played one that plays through the middle. So um, we have strengthened in that area. But it's just time's got to tell whether they're, um, they're going to uh, make us better. But the, the only thing is, is that we've, if there was an injury to Silva or Dessers, I think we'd be, we'd be pretty, pretty much struggling. But so we've looked again, they cross their fingers that. Um, that they could stay uh, injury free, but I suppose that's 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 what every team uh, fears. You know, I'm sure if it would happen to, to see Celtic or something, if uh, Kyogo was to get injured, they'd be in the same boat as us. Yeah. So yeah, just I, 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 I think like Dessers is coming on to say a wee bit of form as well, and like he, he seems to have a wee bit of confidence. So it's good that they can kind of, as, as I said earlier, play different uh, systems with the two players depending on who they're playing. So, so it's quite good that we've got that option. 
Aye, um, ho- hopefully Dessers can keep doing the business anyway, but aye, as we said, he was up to... There's a few tracks goals he's scored this season, so probably the, the finishes have been brilliant. Uh, that's that's the thing that's nuts about him, do you know what I mean? It's like, you can see that he's he does have bits of quality in him, but then you see stuff that he does other things, you're just like, Jesus Christ, what are you doing? But... Um, no, see, with Dessers, even that goal he scored last week, you know, where he, he sort of basically did that uh, sort of... He, Dummy or however you would call it, whatever you would call it. I mean that you know it, it took a lot of confidence for him to do that because if that hadn't get in, you know he's basically right in front of goal, and if he hadn't scored there, then he would have get absolute pelters, you know. So and he took a chance hitting it the way he hit it, and and you know it, it paid off for him. But the ball kind of trickled over the line, and you know, if if somebody had managed to get back there and take me to save that, then you know it would have. He would have been getting, as I say, he would have been getting pillars, but at least it showed that he's got the confidence and he's he's still battling away. You know that there's some some players you look at and you think, you know, they're they're never going to do it. You know, they they just don't have the confidence. They don't have, you know, they're not willing to take the chances. They end up hiding. He's never hidden. He's you know he's he's always he's always put himself uh, up front. And you know, you know, I, you can argue all the time about whether he's. A, and good enough quality, but he's what we've got. So we just got to hope that he, you know, he, he continues to to improve. And, and you know, I I, th- I think he's a de- he's, there's a player in there, and I think you know we can hopefully bring more out of him. Uh, you know, he, we've already succeeded in seeing that the managers already sort of got got more out of him than we were getting before. So uh, so you know, fingers crossed, he he stays injury free, and we 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 we're relying on him. So. Mm-hmm. No, definitely, let's hope so. Um, before we move on to um, Tracy's game against Aberdeen, just need to give another message um, from our other sponsors, Football Prizes. Um, they specialise in football competitions and match draw. Um, and the latest prize today is a signed Kim Dill um, shirt um, and also a signed Ryan Jack one. Um, tickets are £3.95, there's 149 tickets available. Um, the competition ends this Thursday, the 8th of February at 7.30pm. Um, you can get the link for that over at our Twitter at JersNetOnline um, and you can get football prizes over at footballprizes.co.uk and see that competition. So not too bad, £3.95 you get yeah, a sign Kieran Dowell, which would be decent for some people's collections. Um, but yeah, we've got a game on, on Tuesday coming up as well against Aberdeen. You know, the Scottish League just gets wackier and wackier by the day. Neil Warnock, the self-confessed Rangers fan, getting the Aberdeen job. This is sensational. Um, obviously his first match is going to be against us um, Ian, we know that Aberdeen like to, to raise their game against Rangers at the best of times but if anything they're going to be even more up for it with a, a new manager watching them on Tuesday uh, Without a doubt, I mean, you know it, it was always going to be, you know it was always going to be a difficult game for us anyway but even even if they didn't have a manager uh, they, would, they would probably still have caused this problem so, you know, I think we just need to Deal with it, and, and you know, I, obviously, though, yeah, I, it's, a, it's a weird one with Warnock. I mean, you know, on the one hand, you look at it, he's you know in his mid seventies, he's never been involved in the Scottish game before. He's been retired for six months. You know, he's a bit of a dick. So you know, you wonder, you know, what is he going to bring? But you know, he, he, he's had some degree of success. Most of the gate the teams that he's uh, he's been at for, for a period of time anyway so he'll probably he probably will bring some sort of early boost to them but uh, it might be that he's not been there long enough to uh, to instill his uh, 
his methods into the, the the players, and it'll just be a sort of you know, I suppose a, just a, one of these emotional boosts that you get when when you get a new manager and players are trying to uh, look out and impress them. But I mean, it, it, it was always going to be a relatively difficult game because it's Aberdeen and they always, as you say, they, they raise their game. So we always would have known we had to go into this game uh, expecting a tough uh, game against them, uh, no matter how poor they are normally. And they are pretty poor uh, generally at the moment, I think. Um, so, you know, I, I think if we if we can if we couldn't beat them, then we probably don't deserve to win the league anyway. So, and and th- this is the, you know, they're at the moment apart from you know the 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 old firm games, they are the only games that we've really struggled in this season or we've had poor results in this season, and and you know that needs to turn around. So, one whoever the manager is, it doesn't matter or whether they've got one or they haven't got one. We need to win this game or we needed to win this game. So uh, that's, you know, nothing's really changed from our point of view. No, definitely. I think they should have just gave the job to Peter Leather on a full-time basis, to be honest. Good Rangers guy for Enfrew. Manages to get Aberdeen up to drop points um, against Celtic. He would have probably rolled over and Tuesday and gave us a 5-0 win, which would have been really rare for Aberdeen to do against us. But no, they need to go and get Neil Warnock in, don't they? So it'll be interesting to see if he's actually on the touchline because, I mean, I've seen the videos of him Aberdeen Airport today carrying his, his trolley. <laughs> so you'd imagine he'll probably get an inch tomorrow at some point and it'll just be a case of whether he's in the stand or, or actually on the touchline. I'd imagine he would want to be in the touchline because... Well, as I said earlier, as a self-confessed Rangers fan, so I'm sure being on the touchline at Ibrox is something that for him he would love to do. And, you know, with the position that Aberdeen are in, they might not have a chance to be going back to Ibrox this season on the spot anyway. So it'll be interesting um, to see what happens. Gary Ian made the good point there about how with the Celtic games, the Aberdeen ones are really the only ones that we've, we've struggled in. I mean, if you take, if you take the Aberdeen games at a us this season and we're comfortably top. Um, I've actually seen a start as well today since Clemence came in. Um, you know, if you put the league table from then, we, are four, we would be four points clear with a game in hand, which pretty remarkable form really when you think about it. For me, I think a winning Tuesday, you know, obviously it's big anyway. Um, it gives us a chance to go top of the league, blah, 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 blah. But for me, it would kind of be another symbol of us moving forward under a, a new manager that, you know, we would be able to pick up points in games that we've struggled in this season and just getting over a different line. Um, you know, he managed to do it with the European games, he managed to do it in the League Cup for, you know, against Aberdeen and it's just like another thing that he's ticking off and ticking off and ticking off um, to, to get to the destination that we all want to get to. So for me, that that would be the significant thing of, of a winning Tuesday. Yeah, I think as he kind of said, it's like it's, it's just a game we've got to take care of. It's, um, can, traditionally, if we've won won the title, we've, we've went to Petardry and got and got victories. It's, it's the game, Ibrox, isn't it? Aye, aye. yeah. I said, got to um, you've got to beat these Aberdeen and things like that. You're not really wanting any slip ups. This is, I'm, I'm like now that Clement's going to about things. That he's just he's no bluster. He's no saying anything controversial, he's just staying quiet, composed and just we're just going through these games game by game and uh, and getting the wins. So it's uh, um, I'm, I'm quite comfortable for Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've mentioned it before about the manager, it's like for him 
it's not about the problem. It's always about the solution. So he, he kind of reminded, reminds me of that teacher, maybe that you had at school that if you were maybe struggling on a, on a subject, you know, it wouldn't be about how you struggled. It would be, it would be about, no, we are going to make sure that you, you pass that exam or you do this or you do that or you achieve that. We had so many problems when he came in, let's be quite honest, and he's not been one to like come out and basically blast the problem. Like he's maybe had wee digs here and there about gyro chambers and all that and moaning about the European squad, but it's not been massively saying things in public. As Gary says, he kind of goes about his business. He's incredibly professional, which I think is something that was missing a lot for the last Rangers manager in terms of just the way that he handles himself. And for me, that's what I love about him. It's always about the solution. If there's a problem, you don't think about the problem too much. You think about how you can overcome it. And it's rare that you get people like that in life, never mind in football. So for me, it's a breath of fresh air. And that that's one of the reasons I'm I'm just delighted that he's here, to be quite honest. He brings a sort of sense of calm, really, I think, which is because, you know, in, in the environment that we play in and, and the hysteria that sometimes surrounds our club, you need somebody at the centre of it, like Walter Smith was, who just sort of, like, all the all the crowd, all the shouting, all the, 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 the bollocks all around it, he's sails a sort of fairly calm path right through the middle of it, and you know that Behind the scenes, he's probably not quite that calm, but that was some, similar with uh, with Walter as well. I think you know, and and you know, they they I feel that he probably runs you know rules the the, the, the behind the scenes and controls things, and, and you know he, he he knows what he wants, and he knows that he needs to get that, and you know, whereas other managers who maybe don't have that level of experience or you know confidence or haven't really achieved anything in, in, in the sport before that they, they maybe don't have that sort of power to to have that influence over the players or over the the, the board or other people behind the scenes uh, I think Clement comes in with the whole package and, and you know he 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 is he's got a vision of what he wants to do and I think he's 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 very good at Getting people on board—that's that's how it looks from the outside, and you know, I'm hoping that is the case. But you know, it, you need somebody with that sort of calmness and and uh, you know, ability to 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 see things and stay calm while everyone else is getting just a bit too flustered. And uh, I think he has that. But mm-hmm. what I love about him as well is like the sort of tactical flexibility, because like I, I'm the type of person. Uh, see, see like football purists and all that like you need to pay a certain way that's not the next thing I hate that because eventually you, you know you're going to get caught out um, unless obviously you're Pep Guardiola which is fair enough because that's Pep Guardiola um, but you know you shouldn't be Celtic under Postacoglu like obviously they dominated the Scottish League but when they were making that step up in Europe they couldn't do it and he wouldn't be changing it it probably cost them in, in big matches in Europe the last couple of years and but we come on, it seems that he's got a game plan going into every game about how he's going to try and suss out the opponent. Um, very sort of Mourinho-esque in that way, if that kind of makes sense. Um, except he's he's a lot more calmer than him, which is which is obviously what you're wanting for a Rangers manager. Gary, people were saying stuff about like, oh, I love him in his press conferences and all that. And he does make a couple of good comments, but, but see, to be honest, right, 
I'm getting quite bored watching these press conferences, but that's a good thing, right? Because I don't want a Rangers manager at a press conference to be entertaining folk and doing this, that, and the next thing. It's like, for me, it's boring and it's good because he's not giving you the squad updates that you want, you know, in terms of, like, being that are confirming things so like you might say a player's injured he'll never give you a time frame on it um, you know he always keeps things in house he's very protective and guarded which is not something that you want in a press conference but that is good for me as I say we don't want to have a situation like we did with the previous manager where the guy was just rambling on for ages about things that didn't make sense to be quite honest which is probably a bit ironic coming for me but then again, I'm hosting a Rangers podcast, so I'm kind of allowed to do that on this, but you can't be doing that as a Rangers manager. And I think Ian had the nail on the head there, to be quite honest. The word Cam, um, and it's Cam's not something that we've had at this club for a very, very long time. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think each press conference he'll have any set, but he's wanted to release, mm. if you like, and he'll know uh, straight for that, no matter how many times maybe he gets asked the same question in, in different forms. Uh, I, 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 I totally agree with you about these press conferences. There's, there's no any headlines coming out or anything. He just goes in, tells everybody it's, it's another game, it's it's a marathon, no a sprint, no this kind of stuff. And the good thing is that the players seem to be taking that on board as well. Because they've got a wee bit of calmness about them, especially when yesterday just kept plugging away, trying to get that first goal. And then once we got the first goal, as Ian had said earlier, usually we'd be struggled to get the second one, but not they kept going, kept going, put the second one, and well, I can see have scored four or five yesterday. But yeah, I, get these. I like them. It's something we'd need for a while, with somebody that, that wee bit of calmness. Mm-hmm. And he just seems like a, a really good coach, which is something we've needed for a, for a few years. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Um, to wrap up then, Ian, in terms of changes going into Tuesday, um, I think it's obviously will be changes because of the amount that was made at the weekend. Um, Balligan may be out. You'd imagine Suter will come back in. Yilmaz will probably come back in for for Barisic. Up front, I think it's maybe the the big one um, in terms of what he's going to do. I personally think he's going to start Dessers, but to be fair, I think Silva's done well. And I, I would probably give him a wee start in, in Tuesday, to be honest. What, what about yourself? What do you think about in that area? Yeah, I think probably Silva would be my my choice. But I mean, you know, like like you said earlier, who are we to uh, to second guess it? <laughs> so whoever he goes with, uh, I'm willing to accept that was the right choice as as long as uh, as long as they do the business. But yeah, in fact, j- just going back to the left back uh, situation, it's a it's a funny one because don't uh, both at one point. I would quite happily have seen both of them leaving the club and if, as long as we brought, obviously, replacements in. Not that long ago, I would have felt that. Now it was at a point where, well, I wasn't really... If, if we did get a new left-back in, which looked on the cards at one point, I wasn't really sure who I wanted, because obviously one of them was going to have to go. And both of them have kind of improved this season quite you know, dramatically in some ways, and you know, either of them are you know decent options now. And you know, I, I mean, Barisic was, you know, when he's got his game head on, then you know, he, he's he's still a really good uh, contributor, you know, attacking, and and he's decent enough defensively. We've yet to see uh, 
uh, Yilmaz's full potential, I think. But you know, I think he's he's, he's coming on to a game as well. So you know, I, I don't know who I don't know who he would go with. It seems to be sort of interchangeable, just one or the other. But you know, bo- both of them will actually come on to a decent game there. I, to be fair to Barry, I actually think he's had a poor season. Um, but I mean, it's just one of the ones you have, but he's he's always just going to be remembered for for certain moments, and obviously his contract's coming up at the the end of the season, and you know we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't I don't think he'll be offered a new one, but you know he can still make a contribution until the end of the season. And, and let's be honest as well, because of the the way that the European squad works. Um, it will look unlikely that Yelmaz will come into that. So he's, he's got a part to play, certainly in Europe, um, moving forward anyway. Gary, what about you? Um, in terms of the changes up front, who, who would you go for, Silva or Dessers? Um, I'd probably go with Silva as well, but I, I, I think that he might go with Dessers just to, to keep the rotation going. Um, I, I, every time we kind of predict a start lineup, I always think maybe McCausland will come out, but he seems to, to, to play him every, every game. So I know if if that Aquatis could could come in, because um, I think he got about half an hour run out yesterday, so he might, he might possibly come in as well. But um, it is you know, kind of say that it's good that we've got these options. You, know, like you can you can go right through the team and, and bring in players, and so it doesn't really they affect the, the the standard of the of the team, which is it's really really good. I mean, we have got a lot of games, so you need to, to hear all these players that can do that. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, but I think we'll probably wrap up there then, guys. It's been a, a good wee discussion tonight. Um, we'll be back um, next week, um, next Friday, to review um, the Aberdeen game um, and look forward to their game as well. Um, Alec Anderson will be back with his post-match reaction on Tuesday as well after the game. So thanks very much for joining us tonight, guys. All that's left to do now is to my guest. Ian, thanks very much for coming on, mate. No, thanks for you. Gary, yeah. thanks very much for coming on. Yeah. <laughs> No worries, guys. Have a good one, and we'll see you back on Tuesday for the game against Aberdeen. Bye-bye.